0: Dreaming is a quantum act. It's not some sort of Hallmark cardy, though I like Hallmark cards. It's not some marshmallowy nothing. It is a quantum act of creation. And we would all serve ourselves well to decide that we are going to make a deliberate and consistent practice of it.
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. All about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective, natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, I am going to rock your world for the second time with my special guest, Sherry Salada. Now, Sherry is most known for her action-packed days as the executive producer on the Oprah Winfrey Show. But in her mid-50s, she had a moment of reckoning. What happens when you realize you've had the career of your dreams, but not the life of your dreams? This was the stark reality facing Sherry Salada when she left her 20-year stint at The Oprah Winfrey Show, Harpo Studios, and The OWN Network. She had dedicated decades of her dream job and loved almost every moment of it, but had the rest of her life gathering like dust on the shelf. After years of telling other people's makeover stories and transformational stories, Sherry decided it was time to produce her own life transformation. And today, Sherry is venturing out to create her own message and share her own life's lessons in her new best-selling book, The Beautiful No. Now I met Sherry at a fundraising event hosted by Just Like My Child which is an organization that we are actually supporting during the Essential Oils Hormone Summit this year. At the fundraiser, Sherry shared her powerful story, and I knew that very moment that I wanted to share her story on this podcast. Fast forward almost a year later, and she was gracious enough to say yes to coming on and sharing her truth with us once more. But before we jump into this epic and real talk conversation about life's lessons and creating our dreams at any age. And that is what she is proving to so many of us today. I want to take a moment and shout out your wins. Now, if you've caught the last couple episodes on the Essentially You podcast, which have been epic, by the way, you would know that we are creating such incredible momentum for women's health and I'm excited to shout out your story today. Now, one particular amazing woman is Deborah, and she shared this on Facebook just a week ago, and I was so moved by Deborah's story that I knew I needed to share it with you today. Here's what Deborah had to say. I've been listening to Dr. Marisa's podcast all year, and after a lot of failed diets and programs, I began implementing what I heard about balancing my hormones with food and decided to do Dr. Marisa's hormone detox. It's only been a month, But I'm down an entire pant size, which has not happened in over five years. I'm feeling great and hope to continue this progress. And I cannot wait for her Hormone Summit later on next month. Well, thank you, Deborah, for sharing your incredible win. Not only am I happy to be shouting you out today, but congratulations on your next step in your healing journey. I know that place where something hasn't been working for so long and finally you turn a corner. Now, if you're listening, Deborah, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my Essential Oils Hormone Solution book with a personal note from me. All you got to do is reach out to me on Facebook or on Insta at Dr. Marisa, and I will send it to you ASAP. Now, if you're listening, number one, welcome to this episode. This podcast is all about empowering you and helping you to get, well, not only get your health in a way that you want it to become the CEO of your health. And if there is an episode or maybe multiple episodes that have helped you in any way, I would love to absolutely shout you out. You can reach out to me via Instagram or Facebook. You can share an episode, whatever works. Or you can simply review this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you are plugging into. That way, not only can I continue to support you knowing what you need and what you love, but I can also support the women that matter most to you to help them become the CEO of their health. Now, what you have been waiting for, let's dive into this incredible conversation with Sherry Salada. But before I do, I would love to sing her praises. Sherry Salada is the co-host of the popular podcast series, This is 50, with Sherry and Nancy. Sherry and her soulmate friend of 28 years are redefining the middle of life as they set out to make the rest of their dreams come true. Sherry's current venture is the evolution from her 21-year career with Oprah Winfrey. Her action-packed days as the executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show was chronicled in the acclaimed docuseries, Season 25, Oprah Behind the Scenes. She served as co-president of Harper Studios and OWN and the Oprah Winfrey Network. She has been named one of the fastest company's Most 100 Creative People in Business, Hollywood Reporters Woman in Entertainment, Power Power 100. And she has a brand new book out called The Beautiful No, that's being endorsed by women like Brene Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert. Let's bring her on to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Sherry Salada. How are you doing today?
0: Yay. I'm so glad to be with you.
1: I am so glad to have you on. Oh my gosh, I, our last conversation, every conversation I have with you is so magical. And the last time we had you on the podcast felt so so magical. The response that I got from my readers via Instagram and Facebook and everywhere was so incredible. And I know you've been traveling so much for this beautiful book, the beautiful No But I'm so grateful that you have said yes to come on and not only talk about this beautiful book, but talk about a lot of the transformation that you express inside of this beautiful book.
0: Yes. I mean, some of the transformation I I kind of excavated while I was writing the book, that two-year process. But basically, I think that the the riches come to life in the middle of life. And that middle of lifetime is, I think maybe what happens is you stop caring about what anybody else thinks and you start to get a quickening sense that time is precious. Your life is probably half over. And what are you going to do with the rest of your time? So then you, then you go into me specifically, I had had a front row seat to some of the foremost wisdom keepers and teachers of our time, produced a lot of them. And, you know, had all the information, but knew deep in my bones that I hadn't really been able to take it off my bucket list and make it my life.
1: Mm. Now, when you were working on the book, as you said, you were excavating so many of these stories. Were there a lot of times and moments where you were discovering, you're like, okay, I am stepping into this new place. I am, I am not caring about what other people think. And now I'm, I'm beginning to integrate the life that I really want to create for myself, the, the dreams that I've been holding on for myself. Was that, was that happening before the book, Sherry? Or was it kind of unfolding for you while the book was being written?
0: Well, there's no question that went after almost 21 years in the world of Oprah as the um, last EP of the show and the uh, co-president of Harpo Studios and OWN, and then leaving to start my own thing and, and really... You know, more importantly, take a look at, okay, what is this life you've created? I had already started a reckoning process to some degree about, and and really understanding that, okay, well, you have hung your hat for quite a bit on this career, career piece because it's turned out really well. Mm-hmm. And it's a career of anybody's dreams. Mm-hmm. But the the sobering realization at 56 years old was I hadn't created the life of my dreams. And moreover, what was the life of my dreams? It had been so long since I had made any kind of self-care my number one priority. And my success at work allowed me to go unconscious in a lot of other areas. So an answer to your question, by the time I sat down to write the book, I had gone through a very serious process of tenderly and compassionately looking at all the areas of my life that mattered to me mm. and giving some thought to what I had created, what I hadn't created, and what I still wanted for myself. And I think that's, that's, that's one of the, the new ways of looking at our lives, which is we have access with people like you, to some of the most leading edge modalities of health and wellness in in human history, it is not implausible that we will not, we don't have the potential to live just to our early hundreds, you know, is what I can see right now as a lay person. So if that is so, are we wrapping it up at 55 and 50 and 48? Or is that the opportunity to completely reimagine and revision what's possible?
1: And I love that you open up that door. You know, I get to serve a lot of women, mostly women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and I cannot tell you how often women in their 50s have come to me and told me well this is kind of it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna feel the energy that i felt i'm not gonna get back what i had you know I'm, i'm just i'm not i don't know for some reason i don't know if it's our culture or if their mama told them this but at that age we tip the scale in a different direction and you and i both know that that is absolutely not true if anything You had such amazing self-discovery. One of my favorite chapters was the Mighty Dream Quest, where you talk about you and Nancy, your best friend who you've been collaborating with, but your commitment to radical self-care and what that had looked like for you. And I think so much in that radical self-care really kind of in a way summarizes the beautiful no, like the beautiful no of what maybe people told you this was going to be about, the beautiful no of maybe not this, type of exercise cuz it's not serving you and just getting a lot of clarity on what really serves you in this new journey and with the possibility for the expansion.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you brought up Nancy Dr because I think that that is also another epiphany and I know that as I've been going across the country talking to groups of women for my book that it's come up that what we we need intentional friendship We need to kind of revise, remap, restructure, reintention, repurpose the the place and the experience of friendship in our lives. And, you know, I, like millions of other people for many years, used friendship as a place to blow off some steam to all my complaining about people and circumstances of my life. And by the time and then I would listen to my friends complaints about people and the circumstances of their lives Then we try to talk. then we talk about people who weren't there and you know How sad this was or how terrible this was and you know, what i've come to realize is I mean everything is energy So, you know a couple of weeks later You're feeling blue. You're feeling down. You, you don't feel a sense of hope and optimism and you're not sure Where it all began. Well, i'll tell you Those conversations and those interactions are serious business. Who you let into your life and what kind of conversations and intentions you share is serious business. And if I could say to everybody listening, one of the greatest ways to begin to turn your life around is beginning to provide intention and purpose into those relationships. So for Nancy, for instance, very different lives. I had the big Oprah career. We both lived in Chicago and you know, had a group of inner circle friends. And Nancy was single mom raising, raising two kids. But then we sat at a table over several glasses of Chardonnay and looked across the table at one another and said, is this it? I mean... I did the big career, but is that all I get? Can I build another big career? Like, am I done? Like, what are the possibilities for our lives? And since that day, and it's been about three years, in fact, I just talked to Nancy this morning, and we were having a super intentional, uplifting spiritual conversation about something that's going on in her life right now. And I got off the phone, jazzed and
1: inspired. Mm. And that's how, I mean, that's how we want to feel in those relationships so often. I've been in those relationships where everyone's just kind of releasing that baggage and, and there's not that good energy there. But like you said, when we can become very intentional with those relationships, with our best friends, with those people that really lift us up. I always say sometimes the sometimes the weight you you want to let go of isn't on your body it could be the people in your life it could be the whatever whatever is kind of sucking your energy in a way that isn't really serving you and I think that that was kind of a big transformation for you as well is recognizing if something wasn't serving you in a really positive in kind of in that good energetic state that it was time to say gently say no to it and to make room for the things that felt really good including your relationship with Nancy. I mean, my gosh, you guys, not only are best friends, but you are co-creating something so beautiful.
0: We are. We are. And it's very fun and it's very different. And we try to do it intentionally, but in the end, it becomes a piece of the foundation. Meditating. If you are telling yourself a negative story where you are beating yourself up and putting yourself down and then gathering with your girlfriends to like review all the ways in which, you know, your life isn't going well. It's very hard to turn that ship around. Everything begins with words and language and being able to begin with, I'm not there yet, but I'm willing to try, you know, just the smallest thing. I'm willing to see this differently. I'm willing to grab on some piece of hope so that I can begin to do some serious dreaming about what I want for the rest of my life.
1: Let's talk a little bit about that because I know that you have really dialed in to the secrets to making dreams come true in this last couple of years, you've gotten so much clarity. Like you said, you had this amazing, incredible career, a career of anyone's dreams. But then that that question of wondering, well, what's next? What's possible? And then unpeeling that possibility. I mean, what you're doing, Sherry, is you're opening the door of possibility for so many women. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you're stepping out. You've got a clean slate. You have kind of Addressed some of those difficult moments or just trying to figure out where you wanted to go and then you got clarity Right and you and then you realize not only with that clarity But the tools that you needed to access to start to make that happen talk to me about in this time in your life in your 50s What does that dream making look like? What does that dream manifesting look like for instance the book and how beautiful the book is showing up in the world in serving people
0: it's a constant series of revelations. Like I, I now can see that these lives we've been given stewardship over, our one life that we're in charge of, our one garden that, that we're in charge of, of tending as, as head gardener, it, that it's a moving, living, breathing thing. It's energy, it's moving, it's shifting. And and we're supposed to be tweaking it, not writing a bunch of goals in a notebook and then checking on them the following January 1st. It it is a is it a daily tweaking thing? So what I try to say to myself, because I'm committed to being the master of my own well being and my own my own dreamship. You know, I'm committed to being it, and and what it what does that look like simply? It looks like I'm willing to put aside time every day to do some daydreaming and think about each of the areas of my life and kind of get myself excited about some dreams and ideas, and then set it down and move on to something else and not stay with it so long so I talk myself out of it. When you are really humming and and your dreams are manifesting left and right, it almost feels like it's just the next right thing that was supposed to happen. You know, like even, even in these last six months, I see how all magic, of a Magic,
1: by I, the way. Yes. <laughs> it's been magic to watch.
0: I dreamed <laughs> of
1: this and that and
0: this and that. And I dreamed of having a garden and I dreamed of going across the country and talking to people about my book. But- in the manifestation of it, it's just kind of like, yeah, life's good. It isn't like a lightning bolt has split the center of my head. It's just like, yeah. And now what my, my work, quote unquote, my dream work is to appreciate it, is to just keep being like, Oh my gosh, you know the three olive trees in my front yard that I put in there, you know, the hummingbirds are like on every branch. It's amazing. I'm like becoming the hummingbird lady. My job, my work, my dream work is to keep noticing how dreamy my life is and how dreamy it's becoming because the more I do that, I end up to be like like sticky paper where things are just, you know, happening and flying in. And, you know, I, I can think about something like, gosh, I really could use bibbity bobbity boo And next thing you know, and then I just don't think about it again. And next thing you know, I'm sitting across from somebody who says, hey, you know, I just thought about giving you this recommendation. And I'm like, oh my God. And so acknowledgement, making space for dreaming, understanding that dreaming is a quantum act. It's not some sort of hallmark cardy though I like hallmark cards. It's not some marshmallowy nothing. It is a quantum act of creation. And we would all serve ourselves well to decide that we are going to make a deliberate and consistent practice of it. Mm.
1: I want to talk a little bit about a deliberate and consistent practice for you, especially in these last six months. You know, I'm sure it has been a magical whirlwind. And like you said, so many things just keep falling into place. There's this flow that keep happening. The doors keep opening. Are there things, even with your travel schedule, are there things that you're doing every day that just feel so grounding, that really help outside of actively appreciating, which is its own daily practice, right? Actively appreciating all the things that are landing in your lap, all the, the beautiful life that you're co-creating. Tell me a little bit about some of the things that you're doing on the day-to-day basis at right now that are really helping to support you.
0: Well, I don't let perfection be the enemy of good. Like I said, I'm always tweaking things. Right now, when I'm humming, I am meditating at least 20 minutes in the morning sometimes another 10 to 15 meditation at night. I have some wild orange in my diffuser in my kitchen. Yes. Yes. Uh, one of your recommendations that I it's have so true. <laughs> blazing off. I love, I really like it. It's really special. I do that on a daily basis. I have started gardening. So here's the real challenge. I mean, it's like everyday cucumbers and tomatoes, you know, cucumbers and tomatoes are coming out of my ears, but there's something about committing to eating out of my garden that feels like like self-love. It feels like love. It feels like I grew this and now I'm nourishing myself with that. I've been working out pretty consistently with a trainer who takes things a, a little slow for me so I don't hurt myself. And I continue to do my Sean Korn yoga practice, which is pull out the mat next to your bed and do some salutations for 10 to 15 minutes and you have a yoga, a yoga practice. So those kinds of things. I love the ease things. and grace. Yes. yes. Those kinds of things.
1: Oh, I love, love it. So, and like you said, I think that's so important that, and I know when we've had conversations about just kind of taking care of ourselves and and doing the things that feel good for us, it's not about putting that pressure on us. It's not about feeling that guilt if we don't get it done. It's really about creating ease and grace and, you know, and having that flexibility to do what feels right and having those positive intentions and those positive thoughts, no matter what actually happens so that we're, we're continuing to ourselves up for success I know that the way that you, you're thinking about so many of your self-care habits or just living your day-to day even in those thoughts that you keep them very positive in your intention
0: yeah yeah and then you know and then I'll do something that like something will happen in the world and next thing you know I, I get up really early in the morning on this west coast from my former Midwest life I'm like yeah Your Chicago life <laughs> And next thing you know, I'm watching like cable news for an hour and a half with like two cups of coffee. And, you know, a couple of days will go by and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm feeling a little off. And what happens now, instead of just going unconscious and not being willing to see the cause and effect and just ignoring it because I'm not going to make the change, I can say, wow, I think that has something to do with you You changed your, your morning routine. There's a hygiene, like a cultural, personal hygiene to how, how you start your day. And you can play around with what those things are and really notice the difference in how the day goes. Are you dreaming? Are you writing in a journal? Are you reading something spiritual? Are you listening to some spiritual music? Are you meditating? Do you get your workout in? Do you like make a green smoothie? Or are you drinking two or three cups of coffee, watching cable news ad nauseum and see what the impact is on your energy field. And then you can choose again.
1: And in those moments, Sherry, honey, where you find yourself drinking a lot of the coffee and not not so much even the coffee, but sitting there in front of this kind of low energy experience, you know, watching the news in... I can't even do it anymore these days because you're right, it shifts the energy. How does it feel? Because a lot of people may be listening right now and they're thinking, well, I don't know how to understand this energy thing. Like, So can you talk a little bit about what does that feel like that day or later on in that morning that feels different than when you have done the yoga, you're cued into the meditation, you got your abundance essential oil. What's the difference in the day?
0: It's the same kind of feeling. So let me start by giving an example everybody can relate to. When you walk into a room and you know the two people in there have been fighting, even though they're not fighting in front of you, you can feel it. There's an energy feeling. You can feel it. You're impacted by it. Next thing you know, in 20 minutes, you're feeling kind of like, oh, want to go. Oh. You, know, you, you definitely have a, a visceral physical reaction. So the same thing is true when certain things don't support you and the dream you have for your life from the littles to the bigs. And what that feels like is later in the day, you feel a little glum, you know, like you look out and see this, this beautiful earth and it doesn't move you, you know, cause it's like, well, it's just another day. And you can feel in yourself a lack of enthusiasm, a lack of spirit for your own being for your own being for like oh my gosh I get this day what am I going to do with it i wonder what's going to happen what you know what miracles are going to show up at my door what am i going to experience how can i really make it juicy instead you're just kind of like you know a little bit of that off to the salt mine attitude like you just got to get through it you just got to get through it and the thing as you know wise woman there is going to come a time and for some of us, we're going to know that you only have a few days left. You only have a few weeks left. You're going to get some news that the end is near for you. And you're not going to be able to get those days back. The, the, the ones that you just kind of spun off like pages on a calendar, like, so what? Who cares? You know, or I'm just not in the mood. We're the managers of our moods. A mood is not something that happens to us. It is the result of our thinking, our speech, the content, and the information we let into our lives. That's what creates our moods.
1: Hmm. I agree. One of my favorite quotes from Mary Morrissey is that words matter. Like Words literally turn into matter for us and i think you're right when you have that moment that kind of that reckoning moment where you're realizing that you're not going to have a lot more of these days it really changes the way that we feel and in that i'd love to know right now and i think we've kind of connected a little bit about it but what is mattering most to you right now
0: well this very unique very unique opportunity that i'm i'm having that only a very small percentage of people get the chance to go out into the world and speak with people about their books and their ideas and and people are open and receptive and and give back their love in those things that's been a very interesting thing for me you know as a producer i spent years promoting everybody else's things and helping them put their things out into the world so it's healing the pieces of me that have trouble receiving. For many of us, it's much easier to give than receive. So healing that, that this whole experience is forcing me to open myself up to receiving, like you having me on your show to talk about it. I must receive that gift from you and and just feel an appreciation for it and, and, and my enthusiasm for it and continue to build that ability so i'm I'm feeling good about that I'm feeling excited about that I'm feeling excited about how I continue to tweak the unfolding of and, and create my life and that how i'm doing it with with just so much love for myself and what a new experience that is to make those decisions from such a place of love and honor and respect and compassion that it feels very different from how I ran my life in in earlier days. And I would say to your listeners that are in their thirties, this is the thing to get. This is the thing to get. If you can put the filter on your decisions right now in your twenties and thirties, that everything you do is going to be about loving yourself most, all of a sudden, everything in life, the way is made so much easier.
1: The way is made so much easier. You know, I just turned 40 a week ago. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And it felt so good turning 40 and being on a big stage and sharing my message. And it just felt like, you know, I was super manifesting, girl. I was feeling it. And I think about, you know, in my early 30s, even 20s, where I felt like like you talked about. Things just felt hard. And it was the way in which I thought about it. And in the last couple of years, so much of that has transformed. And gosh, it is incredible to me the ease and the grace in which things begin to unfold. And I wish, I wish I had known then what I'm learning now. And I know I have so much more to learn, but it just feels different. It feels so different. And the possibility feels so expansive.
0: I know. What would you whisper? What would you whisper to that 20-year-old? Oh what my would goodness.
1: Be? Mm, I would one of the first things I would whisper to her was that she was worthy.
0: Yeah. She was worthy.
1: Yeah. She was worthy of love. She was worthy of healing. She was worthy of all the possibilities that were coming in her way. Cause that 20-year-old, she was fighting life. She was fighting hard.
0: I agree. That that's how I look back on myself. I was just going down so many wrong roads so fast, trying to like, trying to get this life thing figured out, trying to get it all wrapped up so I wouldn't have the anxiety of not knowing what I was gonna be, what am I gonna do for a living, who am I, what's gonna happen? And and now I would go back and say, it's one of my favorite chapter titles, you're gonna do everything wrong and it's gonna turn out all right you could kind of shortcut that process for yourself if you would just make happiness your compass because that's really what you're going for anyway. Mm.
1: It's so true, right? And we just get so, it feels like it needs to be so complicated and it really doesn't.
0: As a healer, don't you think a little bit that we mistake the energy of struggle for life and passion
1: Oh, absolutely. We absolutely do. And one of the things I, you know, I, I talked about in my talk and I told my story and it was really about that worthiness. And I just kept burning out because I felt like I owed so many people or I needed to do so much for so many people. And I was never on that list, ever, ever. And it wasn't until I realized, oh my gosh, I'm I'm literally attached to this disempowering belief. And once I was able to clear it, it really opened the door for so many healing miracles, so many miracles in general. But it's the biggest thing that I see women in particular struggle with, that we don't think we deserve happiness or that we are deserving of, of feeling good. It's the one thing that we do deserve the most.
0: Amen, I agree.
1: It can have such major physiological implications. I can speak to that. And, you know, you just don't feel good when, you, when you're not honoring yourself and you're not loving on yourself. That self care, that self love. And, and it's, it's what I call the ultimate form of self respect.
0: You know, here's where I, I get real hopeful because in the middle of life, so later 40s, 50s, and 60s, we've got to really overcome some cultural. Messages that have gotten in our bones, and and it's a little bit more challenging. But you know what I love is when I'm speaking to 20 year olds and 30 year olds, and a lot of them are entrepreneurs. That you know, it's like yes, I'm anxious, yes, I'm so stressed, but I'm not missing my massage on Thursday. I go, and I'm not missing my yoga class on Saturday and brunch with friends on Sunday. So there is more of an awareness of self care, more of a commitment to making sure those things aren't just dismissed as if they don't matter. And I'm kind of excited. I mean, I think, you know, every generation has their own challenges, but I look to those younger women and use it as my own inspiration.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Sherry, when you have the opportunity to talk to women in kind of in their middle life, you know, I think about my mom, my mom, who you've met a little for a little moment. She flew in to see my talk and there was a half marathon happening in Salt Lake City. So my mom ran it on Saturday literally. She was like, oh, well, you know, I packed for this half marathon too. And I was like, wait, what? And I just love that. I don't know if I have permission to say how old my mom is, but if I'm 40, y'all can do the math. (laughs) Yeah, That's
0: unbelievable.
1: And she's just like, yep, just gonna go run this half marathon real quick. And then she got on a plane That's at amazing. like one o'clock in the afternoon. She had wow, what mile do I need to that can help me do that <laughs> for real? And here's the thing: is what I wanted. I want everyone to know is that 50, my mom wasn't running half marathons and marathons. She was struggling and she didn't know if that was ever going to be possible. She has ran 70 plus since then. And she just decides to do it whenever she wants. And she looks good. She looks (laughs) good. I ran two half
0: marathons. Like, gosh, let me think. How old was I? It might have been like, it's probably 19 years ago. And I can no more imagine doing that right now. So I find that story very miraculous.
1: It's so inspiring to me. I speak to women all the time of what's possible. And that's what I love so much that we're having this conversation because you're opening the door for that as well. But I have watched my mom open the door for that for so many women, just, you know, being in a state where she was struggling so much with her energy, her brain. I mean, everything just felt like she didn't know where she was going to get that energy and being able to shift that self-care, to shift that priority, to really start loving up on herself and, and choosing in, to loving life and loving the, and doing the things that she loved and still rocking her career still being very successful and looking good in the process like my goodness that woman looks she's just gorgeous she, she is,
0: gorgeous. is gorgeous
1: i can attest yes you can and it's it is really she reimagined a different life she reimagined this freedom that she gets to have and she man she has she grabbed the bull by the horns and she has just been living that life for about a decade.
0: That, that's really amazing. And that can inspire you whether you're 25 or 30 or 35. I'd say to younger women who haven't quite gotten on board yet, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You could just add decades to your joyride if mm-hmm. you commit to getting this now. And, and for everybody else, it's never too late. But if not now, When? That's the
1: big thing. I always, that's my little mantra. If not now, when? I love that you can just keep having that happiness joyride, like just hatch on to it. Just, just get in and, and why not? You know, and I love it. If not now, when?
0: Yeah. No need to have catastrophe and disaster and depression and depletion be your inspiration. You know, just, just really decide that, look for the models of well-being and decide that you want some of that too.
1: Mm, yeah. It doesn't have to be that tipping point where you say enough is enough.
0: Yes. Which is, uh, it's been that way for me a million times and boy, wouldn't have been better to take that easier road.
1: hmm it's so true. It's so true. I love this conversation so much. Where are you headed off to? You said you were headed off to. Yes. Oh, I'm doing all kinds of things. So yes, I, you I
0: are. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to Las Vegas. I have two book events there. Then I'm going to Carmel Valley for a really fun event, and I'm going to speak at the an Indiana Women's Conference. And you know, the
1: phone is ringing, and I'm saying yes. That's. I love it. Yeah. You are saying yes. You are saying yes. It's not the beautiful no. It's the beautiful yes right now. That's right. (laughs) That's right. A beautiful yes to the beautiful no. Exactly. A beautiful yes to the beautiful no. I cannot tell you, I bought this book for my mama. I bought this book for so many other women. I have bought multiple copies. And what I really want to inspire everyone who's listening to is not only grab your own copy, but as you read this, you could just take it from me, just buy other people copies too, right out the gate. You know, As we're talking about those valued friendships, those women who matter so much to us, those rich relationships. You know, one of the the biggest gifts I can give the women that I love in my life is a book like this.
0: Oh my gosh. That is so great.
1: Mm -hmm. It's filled with so much transformation and transcendence and, and Sherry, it's so beautiful. It is. And so it's been one of my favorite gifts to give.
0: You could not pay me a bigger compliment because I know what that means when you think a book is so powerful that you want to gift it to the people that matter in your life. So I I so appreciate that. And for people who aren't big readers, I went into a recording studio and recorded it for three days.
1: Yes, you did. Go girl. Yeah,
0: I did. (laughs) I did, which was crazy. I felt so crazy. I was always like, I was like, do you know that you're doing this right now? This is so wild. But it's been it's been so much fun. The feedback has been great. I'm excited to keep going out on the road with this full heart and and hear, you know, the stories of of the readers. It's really just been a magical.
1: Oh my goodness! Absolutely. So yes, I will have the link to Amazon to go grab it. Um, it is an audio book. It's a must listen or a must read. You know, I'm a reader, so I gotta have the hard copy. That's just how I love to operate. And I, I always send whether people like it or not. I send them the hard copy too. So <laughs> it's, it's always gonna be the thing you're gonna get from me. If you ever get a book in the mail, it's gonna be a hard copy. But it is on audio. And Sherry, honey, where else? Where else can we plug into you? Talk about your. Tell me a little. Bit about, you know, I
0: love your podcast so much. Yeah. So we're, we're starting season three here in a couple of weeks. It's the Sherry and Nancy show on all the podcast platforms and we're dreaming things up. I think we're going to do a big event next year. You know, our newsletter is going to start back up in October and we're just having a ball, having this conversation with the dream tribe, you know, with people who want to make dreaming a powerful practice in their
1: lives. Mm, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful brilliance. And I am sending you so much good energy as you get on those next planes and you serve those women at your highest capacity, because that is what you do best. That is what you do best.
0: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm going to go pack up my essential oils, yes.
1: so I have them on the road with me.
0: I have my Superwoman blend that you sent me. I have some wild orange. I have some blue. Oh, what's it called? What's the blue one? Blue Is German. it the deep blue?
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, I, oh. I cannot leave without. that. I always have that on a trip. I
0: know. I Sometimes a little eucalyptus and, of course, a little lavender. But, yeah, love it.
1: Yay those are staples right there. You've heard it. Those are Sherry staples. Those are some of my staples too. I love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Did you enjoy every moment of that interview? Like I did from the moment I met Sherry, I knew that she was the real deal and through her authenticity and experience, she has so much to give to the world, especially us women. I immediately resonated with her belief around actively cultivating deep friendships and relationships and love that she shared so much about what that looks like for her today. I also love that she shared her thoughts on if not now, when, that each of us do not need one of those moments where we are at enough is enough. We can begin to cultivate change for our health, for our careers, for our life, for our relationships right now. It can be today. It doesn't have to be some big moment or some big defining, we hit the ground. That feels so good to me and resonated in with my heart. Now, if you loved this interview and you want more of what Sherry has to offer, clearly she has an incredible podcast, but she also has a brand new book out that is remarkable. I have given the copy to so many women knowing that they were looking for something life lessons, transformation, whatever it may be. My mom simply loves the book. So I want you to, I want to invite you to grab her book, The Beautiful No. It'll be in the show notes and my, for this episode, episode 131. Or you can go to drmarisa.com slash podcast and find it there. Or simply just go on Amazon and, and Amazon search Sherry Salata. The book will show up. I want to thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the *Essentially You podcast. On the upcoming episode, I am coming back for a solo. I'm so excited because I love my solos. They take so much love and, and research and information and gathering to get these ready for you. It is a labor of love to create these solo episodes. And I have been excited to write this solo episode for quite some time. And it's been my radar since so many of you are asking for it. And the episode is called The Four Types of PCOS and How to Heal PCOS Naturally. I'm going to have recipes, protocols, even essential oils inside of this podcast episode. I know you're going to love it. And if there's someone in your life who is struggling with PCOS, let her know about it because there'll be a lot, lots of great recommendations that she can glean from as well. Well, until the next episode, have an amazing day because if not now, when?